Welcome to the People's Patriot Project, Patriot Playtime. Every week we are here at 1800 Central Time to share with you what's going on in our world. It is May 15th, 2022, and we have got, uh, I'm going to call him Sergeant Q. It's what is on, it's on his name today. And he will be joining us. He's got a lot of stories, information. He's going to tell us about Pop Smoke. And um, I think there's going to just be some really cool conversation tonight. Get your speakers rolling, get your snack ready, have a drink if you so like. And before we get started, I'm going to ask that you remove your hats, stand if you can, and join us in the national anthem. Oh, excuse me, the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't have my notes. I pledge allegiance, I pledge allegiance to, the to the flag, flag of the United States, States of America and to the and Republic, Republic for which it stands, which it stands one, one nation, nation under, God, under God, indivisible. indivisible. With, with liberty, liberty and justice, justice for all. Hey, no disrespect on that. And I'm really never going to sing the national anthem by myself. So <laughs> I will lead you in the Pledge of Allegiance, but we'll have a guest come when we do the, the uh, national anthem. Oh, the national anthem. Let's do it. No. Let's do it. <laughs> that made me all sweaty. I'm not going to do that. Bad. Every week I do this. I did not have my script. I was ready to roll. And there I was. Gosh, here we go. Pledge of Allegiance. I get to say it tonight, and then tomorrow morning we always say it in school on Mondays as well. So. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy, Tammy. Is that you, Tammy? Because I will let you sing the national anthem, I promise. <sighs> Phil, hey, I just saw you on Facebook today. They're just rolling in right Speaking. now. Um, lots of people. Uh, what a great, uh, I don't know, the weather's changed. Winter is over with. We're finally... <laughs> Uh, trekking down the road of uh, something that's going to look a little bit nicer and uh, and uh, amazing things happening in the world of WP3 or the People's Patriot Project. And we have an amazing guest. I've uh, been dialoguing with Sergeant Q. Aaron, all right, help me out, brother. I'm a hillbilly from Wyoming oh. State. 
and he struggles. I, I oh know. I do. Yeah, yeah. Anderson <laughs> Smith. We we can do that all day long. But uh, help me out, brother. How do you say your last name? Yeah, it's it's Quinones. And so uh, you can see why I just go by Sergeant Q, right? I mean, in the military, sure. you go just by your last name. And so nobody could say that. So it was just Q. And so, um, you know, just when I got out of the military, I was a sergeant at the time. And uh, I really kind of left that name behind when I went into my civilian career. But as I started working in mental health and then working with veterans specifically, I was working with all my guys and they all knew me as Sergeant Q. And so they were all calling me that and uh, it just kind of stuck. And now I branded it and it's trademarked. And so I own it literally. That's awesome. That's that's what did your drill sergeants call you? Q. They just called me Q. Yeah. Because yeah. Quinones, <laughs> they just couldn't they just couldn't do it. So it was just Q they everywhere. It, you know? I can see it. I can see it right now. They looked at it and they're like, oh hell no. Yeah. And then my son, Q. he uh he joined the, the Marine Corps as well a couple of years ago. He's he's out now, but uh same thing. It was Q for him. So Private Q. Private yep. Q. All right. Well, good. It's awesome to have you here, brother. Thank you. Um, we got some amazing things. You have it. So like I shared, I think we started talking like three years ago and you had the development, the start of, I was like a very enriched opportunity of a, of an app called pop smoke and operation pop smoke. And uh, I'd actually even got the chance to talk to your wife a little bit during that time. Only in the fact that I was trying to figure out a way and I never did, uh, but trying to figure out a way to provide this app, for the masses at no cost. And I know you guys got to take care and you're not greedy. You're not, you just got to do what you got to do and everything. And they cost money to develop the program and the app and stuff. Totally get that. And I was, I was hoping that I was going to find a sugar daddy that could walk in and just say, you know, let's give this to the people that need it the most. We didn't get there. That doesn't mean we're not, that doesn't mean we're done trying to do it. It just, it's, taking a little while to get it done but we'll talk more about operation pop smoke in a minute um andrea tell us tell us about your weekend tell us about the news um well well i was going to share with you because you said winter is out but i actually helped my daughter-in-law's family put their um put their dock out into malax where the ice just was all out last weekend and so up up to my shorts in 40 degree water did not seem like winter was gone at all. I, it's not bad after you get past that, you know, your legs are frozen and then you're good to go. You just keep them moving forward. But, um, it's a big, huge, wasn't the dock. Actually, it was the, the boat lift thing. So, um, it was fun and it was actually super refreshing, but I had challenged my family at, at the other lake. Um, all my kids, grandkids, everybody came this weekend and it was super fun. My parents even came up. Um, it was a great time. And, while we were out on the pontoon yesterday, I was thinking we should have a polar plunge. Polar plunge, yeah. Just the after polar kind of plunge. And thank goodness nobody nobody was ready for that because that's it was 52 in that smaller lake, but that's still pretty cold. So yeah. no takers, we're all safe, it's all good. But yeah, it was a great little weekend. Um fishing opener. It's walleye opener, but in Minnesota that's fishing opener. So Good times, good times out there. Not a lot of fish, but um, good times out on the lake. We so. could cheat, and I don't know if you realize this, Sergeant Cuba. In Minnesota, we have a culture of people that think it's a good idea to jump into the freezing ice water 
to raise money for the polar plunge, which like you know a what, hole. It, it's a big hole in the ice. That's what it is. So we we do that, that here. We we do that here in the Northwest. So Mount Rainier is a giant glacier. Oh, that's and right. So yeah. there, there's a lot of rivers that are glacier fed and lakes and springs. So we do the polar plunge plunge here. They actually do one right by my house. It's called Deep Lake, and I mean it is frigid. It's it's an it's fed by an underground spring that's right next to the green river, which is fed by, you know, these, the, uh, the mountain there. And so, yeah, it's, I understand the polar plunge. It's freezing. I do not participate. I love to go out and watch everybody do it and laugh at them. But for me, uh, no, I'm good. I'll see if there's my cup of coffee. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. And I understand why they do it. I mean, it's, it's the same reason why we do a, we do a ruck march 10 miles and it's a ruck march of 10 miles at some point hurts you a little bit. Um, yeah. and, <laughs> it hurts you a little bit. <laughs> well, it does. And the reason, the reason why you do it is you do it for the recognition of those that have been through it. Those who are suffering in pain, those who struggled before those who are struggling now. And, and that's the reason. And, um, People make the choice to do that. But I will full-heartedly promote a People's Patriot Project polar, polar plunge, plunge in Texas. <laughs> in July. I'm in. I'll be in. I'm in. <laughs> I will do it. I will do it. I'll promote that. Wait, maybe um, one of those ice bars. Maybe one of those bars that are ice. Maybe they oh. would get into that. We could, you know, fill their hot tub and let people jump in a minute. You know, ice like the ice bath for athletes. We could try that. And challenge, challenge. Yes. <laughs> we we got people giving us ideas of what we do. Need a challenge. Um, I suck at that. <laughs> what Nicole? What what would you want to eat if we did an eating challenge? What uh, I know that everyone wants to think of the Nathan's hot dog uh, snarfing. We had a huge conversation because uh, my son is in the military. And him and his buddies call hot dogs glizzies. Is anyone familiar with the word glizzies? Okay, I know uh, you I'm brought not, that up. I know. Don't Google this. I'm going to tell you right now. No, people. no, don't do it. But you know what? It's funny because you brought that up. I've never heard it. And then Austin, who's just a couple years older than your son, used glizzies. So he's up in Bismarck. And apparently even way up there, it's a glizzy. Well, and the, I, I think... To start off with, the idea and the word of glizzy meant to be was kind of a nice thing, uh, but <laughs> then all the freaks in the world decided to change it into a uh, not so. Uh, I, I'm sure it's the military people that made it not so uh, kosher, and uh, I I'm gonna leave some of these conversations alone just because. Uh, yeah. You know, for me, if we're talking about uh, a food eating competition, I gotta go with tacos every time, man. Some tacos, El Paso, oh. pork tacos with a little bit of uh, cream sauce and pineapple on it. Like, oh, that's sweet. what I'm talking about. We'll crush those all day. And cilantro. <laughs> a little cilantro, too. A little cilantro, a little bit of lime, oh, and some onions. Yep. Kill it. Oh, man. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's do that. A taco eating challenge. I, you know what's funny? You don't, you don't have to promote that. <laughs> I, I, take, I take a group of veterans uh, down to Mexico every year for Memorial Day. It's part of my nonprofit. And we build a home for a homeless family in two days. But when I first take them across the border, we go to this place called Taco Nazo. And, I mean, we probably order 
I don't know, close to 70, 80 tacos, you know, uh, for 20, 30 guys. And I mean, we crush them out there. So yeah, you could definitely okay, do that. We, You're going to have to help me out. You got to help me out here because I'm a taco fiend, which is, <laughs> I, and, and again, I'm, I'm versed in the world of tacos and everything, but then my buddy invites me out to California and we do a, a roadside taco thing. And I'm yes. like ordering up, yeah, I want to try this. I want to try that. And, I just, and he's looking at me and goes, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm ordering my tacos, man. These things came out like the size of footballs. Yep. And I had food. I literally ate nothing but tacos for the entire week I was there because I just left them in the refrigerator. <laughs> Whenever I was hungry, I'd just go eat part of my football. And uh, so how do you know you're going to get a football size taco or get the nice street size taco? The, you just got to ask them, right? Like, hey, I want the street taco. So the street yeah. taco, and those are typically what's like on the menu, right? And you'll see it. It'll say like adobada, el pastor, uh, pollo, you know, carne. It'll have those. And then if you really want to get out there, you can get like lengua and trepe, and which is like tongue and intestine, which I'm not into it, but um, you get that, right? But then if you, like you, you started ordering something special, and so the street tacos, they kind of are what they are, right? It's going to be the meat, uh, a little bit of cilantro and onion and some hot sauce and a lime. And that's it. Like no matter what meat you order, it's all that stuff is going to be the same. So when you start ordering other stuff, they know automatically you don't want the street taco because it only comes that way. All the street <laughs> tacos are the same, except the meat is different. That's it. So when you start ordering specialty stuff, um, it, you know, that doesn't compute. It's like, oh, he doesn't want the street taco. He wants the, the big daddy, you know? So so there are some people calling me out right now and someone who's up above me in this house. Um, my primary vehicle of food sustenance is nachos. I don't care what it is. It all can go on chips. It all can have cheese and salsa put on it. Any meat product on the face of the earth, you can make into nachos. And I have made every single, single thing I've eaten into nachos at some point. So, yeah, nachos. I don't know how you can calculate it. I guess with a scoop shovel, you can weigh it, and we can have a nacho. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so, the nachos, nachos are great. Have you ever had carne asada fries? So, if, yes. If yeah, okay. So, that's what I love. Like, like, nachos is great, whatever. But for me, I want the carne fries or the, the pollo fries, right? Like, I want that but i want it on some taters man that's that's me like so great but if, i would much rather have it on taters if that's it's awesome. not my my primary two food groups that i eat is nachos and why am i having my moment andrea help me know. out what, what is I wrong eat? with you gravy Oysters? cheese and oh, no. poutine poutine poutine, Gosh, poutine. Right? I think that. Nachos and poutine. And so i i have seen the transition of potatoes and maybe it's been longer than i knew but a lot of the, the Latin food restaurants are starting to use potatoes as an alternative as well in the restaurants. And I'm, I'm all for it. Don't let us not stifle your creativeness in adding potatoes and meat and cheese to everything. Papa Fritas. Um, yeah. And, and some bacon never hurts anything at all. So awesome. 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 Um, you guys that are out there, um, Greg Hanks, good to see you. We've already said hi to Phil Cook, Nicole, uh, Daisy, Stacy Lynn. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. 
I was hoping that um, Sugar Rose would be showing up tonight. Now, Sugar Rose is someone that well, she was our guest last weekend. And uh, amazing voice, amazing attitude, amazing persona from Nashville. And um, sometimes in the rush of our show, when I say rush, uh, me dropping the ball and not getting things done on time, um, I don't get a chance to preview everything. And I thought that we had her song Battle Scars cued, and it ended up being her rattle reel, which is fine because it was a good promotion at the end. Oh, that's sweet. But yeah. I did promise, I did promise her that we would play Battle Scars, and uh, we got it up, cued, ready to go. And so we've got Sugar Rose with Battle Scars. <laughs> The midnight hour strikes this chord Routine again once more Puts his pants on one leg at a time Walks through the door with no goodbye Works all the time, he's tired and torn Dreads going home to her tone wrong when you know he's right go easy on him this time he'll always be tough as nails love him keep him strong Like hell, he'll deny Fights for your love and slowly dies Fall apart and paralyzed What's he falling for? Does he know anymore? What's he fighting for?
Wow. Was- um, it's it's sad we missed that last week, but it, I've been listening to it all week. And uh, what a great message. And just uh, her story is so, so pure. And so, I mean, she's been through some of the, the tough things. I won't share her story for everyone because that's, that's her job to do it. She was here last week, and uh, I know she will be sharing it here in the near future with uh, her involvement with uh, the People's Patriot Project. But um, one of the pieces um, she is adamant about is how how men are treated. And again, that's not that's not my message. This is this is her message and how you know just the how the world is coming down on male toxicity and that uh, there and it's not my message again. Uh, and I just appreciate the fact that there she notices, she recognizes, and she's she's willing to create a song like this and that everyone has battle scars. Everyone is involved in something that uh, has, has caused a little pain, has caused a little hurt, and uh, she wants to bring recognition to, to all of that and that uh, maybe we could lighten up on each other. What a terrible thing that would be, right? A little lightening up on each other. Just Sam's in the house. Good to see you, brother. Um, all right, Sergeant Q. Well, you know, Mark, I, that's a, a a great point. I just want to um, circle back to that, what you said, you know, about it really being tough for guys, men to just be masculine and be, be men. It's, it's really tough, right? Um, there's a TikTok trend going around where it's like, you know, who, who do guys talk to when they're struggling? And these guys are like, nobody. I'm a man. Like, nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear that. Uh, and it's a really sad state of affairs. There's a, a study that just came out that said, 67% of men in America admit to having a mental health crisis in their lifetime. So think about that. 67% of men admit to having a mental health crisis. Men who are notoriously tight-lipped about mental health are starting to ask for help because they don't know where to turn. So 67%, that's two out of three men. So just think about that in your own life, in your friend group, in your uh, family. Two out of three men uh, admit to struggling with mental health. So we've got to normalize talking about this so we can find solutions Absolutely. and work together to help one another overcome this thing. Well, and w- what we do is we end up growing really cool beards and, uh, you know, <laughs> just uh, putting on cool hats and that fixes everything. Most of the time, if you go out and shoot a couple of rounds through the, the, the metal tube and do what you get. <laughs> um no, it, it is a great point. And, you know, the thing is, it, how about just lighten up on everybody and realize people got stuff? There is a difference, and I'll be the first to, to sit up here because we deal with it regularly. There's a difference between standing on the corner and yelling your stuff out and throwing, splashing your stuff all over Facebook. But I'm going to tell you right now, um, that's where we find some of our the people that need the, the resources that we have is, you know, hey, Let's start a conversation. Let's start a dialogue. Let's start something that is meaningful. And um, we do things a little bit different, and you do things a little bit different. Um, but we believe in building that relationship and being involved and creating events that recalibrate that. But you've got a tool that uh, you're getting out on the market. Can you tell us about it? Tell, tell us what the vision was originally, why you needed to do it, and, and essentially what it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, 
it's it's been a wild ride. And I got to be honest, I didn't set out to to build this app or even build this company that I have now. I really just wanted to help the guys in my organization be able to better communicate when they were struggling with a mental health crisis. And so, you know, I, I struggle with mental health. I've been through depression and suicidal ideations, uh, and I couldn't find any relief at the VA. And so, uh, I almost ended my life actually in a vacant parking lot. And it just so happens that that parking lot was a church. And I ended up finding the Lord there. And he led me on this incredible journey, learning that there's healing from trauma through serving other people. And I was reading the Bible and I was also reading all these medical journals about how the brain operated. And I was like, this is incredible. So I built this little program just for myself to be able to overcome trauma. And over the last 14 years, uh, I utilizing this these techniques that I learned, uh, I've grown my janitorial company from just me and one other guy scrubbing toilets in the middle of the night to having over 120 employees in the Pacific Northwest. Six years ago, the Lord called me to lead other veterans to find that same healing. And so I started Q Missions. And that's why we, we take a group of veterans down to Mexico every year and uh, we'll build a home for a homeless family. And so I teach from the book that I wrote, Healing Through Service. Uh, I teach from that book. Uh, I've received multiple awards from the Department of Veterans Affairs. And a couple of years ago, they named me Seattle's hometown hero for this program, helping veterans. And so I was having success, right? Like guys were doing good, but when, when they were doing good, when they were good, but when they weren't, they would just really fall off and they wouldn't reach out. They wouldn't ask for help. And I'm like, why aren't people reaching out? I'm like, this is what I do. I'm here to help you guys. They're like, I don't want to be a burden. And I don't, I don't really know what to say or who to call. And so I remember what it's like being in that kind of downward spiral of mental health and, and uh, not being able to make sense of what's happening, not really being able to articulate what's going on, um, being lost in this like kind of fog, this brain fog. And uh, so I went back to the drawing board and I started researching like what happens to the brain. And I found out that during a mental health crisis, and remember I said 67% of men in America admit to having one of these mental health crises. So 67% of men admit to it. And I started looking at it during a mental health crisis, part of the brain shuts down. So part of your brain is your cognitive thought process, which has good decision-making skills, long-term planning, and the ability to overcome impulses. Now we know from studying uh, people who have survived a suicide attempt that they all regret it, right? They just, they didn't want to end their life. They just couldn't process through that moment. And when they had the thought of ending their life, they acted on it without being able to process through that moment. So I'm looking at all this research. I'm trying to figure out like, what do I do? How do I, how do I create this? And I was looking for a way to help guys communicate when they're in a mental health crisis. And I was a communication specialist in the Marine Corps. Okay. That's what I did. I was part of a special forces group um, that called in air and artillery and mortars. Uh, we were a force multiplier on the battlefield. And so I'm like, this is my wheelhouse. I should be able to figure this out, but I couldn't. And so I prayed about it one night. And the next morning when I woke up, I had visions in my head and I just sketched them out on a little notebook. And when I was done sketching them out, uh, I called a buddy of mine at Knox Studio. It's a nonprofit studio. I said, hey, let's shoot this video. And we shot the video. And when I sat and watched the finished video in its entirety, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what I have to build. So I called my other buddy who's an Anglico who was working at the Pentagon uh, and he's in tech. And I said, Hey, help me write a scope of work to have an app do all of these things I want it to do. And so he did, I found a development company and kind of the rest is history. We built out this app called operation pop smoke. 
and it was just for veterans. And actually, it wasn't even for all veterans originally. It was just for the guys in my organization to help them better communicate when they're going through a mental health crisis. And the news got a hold of this story and it kind of blew up. Uh, there are people from the VFW contacting me saying, hey, we want to get this app. And I was like, I don't have money for this, right? Like, I, I don't have money to build this thing out. I need help. And so I tried doing fundraising. I really didn't get anywhere with Kickstarter or GoFundMe. Um, and so my wife and I, we sold off our retirement to pay for the development of the app. And uh, it worked, man. About And that's when we first started talking was when we were first in the development phase of the app. And everybody's like, oh, we want it. But nobody wanted to pay for it, right? It's like, oh, we want it, but we want it for free. I'm like, I can't do it for free, guys. Just so you guys know, I've spent almost $400,000 in the research and development of this app. Technology, building these things is not cheap. And so I see a lot of apps out there that are free, which are great. But the problem is um, it needs to be continually maintained. So a nonprofit will get a grant and they'll build an app and it'll work for six months and then it needs to be updated and it needs all these different things to happen to it as technology progresses and as the app store changes their requirements and there's no money to, to fund it. So you see all these apps out there that are kind of dead in the water because they were built by nonprofits that didn't have a revenue stream attached to it to keep it maintained. And so being a business owner myself, I knew that I, I couldn't run it out of my nonprofit. I had to create a business and that's why we sold off our retirement um, and we ended up selling off our house. And now we live uh, on a piece of property with a tiny home. Um, but we did that because we wanted to invest everything we had into this technology because we knew that it was going to save lives. And it was about 18 months ago, a, right in the middle of a pandemic, I had a hospital system out of North Carolina contact me and say, hey, we love this technology. We love what you're doing with veterans. Can you build this out for us, uh, for our medical staff? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I went and I showed him what I could do. I gave a presentation to all these psychologists. Remember, I'm a janitor, okay? <laughs> I'm a Marine and I'm a janitor. I got a high school education, but I'm schooling these psychologists that have been in the industry for 40 years, you know, and I'm telling them how, how what they're doing is not effective and how this app can help them. And the room was dead silent, man. I was like, okay, these guys hate me. But, uh, the, the head psychologist stood up and she says, you know, Aaron, she goes, we've been trying to figure this out for decades and uh, we would have never figured it out. It, it took somebody from the inside looking out to solve this problem. She goes, you hit every single point, all the research that you're talking about. We know all of that. We just didn't know how to put it together in a congruent order to help people overcome mental health. And so we ran a pilot program with their hospital and the first 90 days, this is with their staff. Uh, we prevented nine suicides in 90 days. And so they're like, this is, we got something here. Their venture, venture capital group gave us some money so we could put it into a medical trial. And so we did that. It went through a medical trial, which will be published uh, later next month. So it went through 10 month long trial. And during that 10 month trial, we had a hundred percent success at preventing suicide. So they're giving this out to people who were um, struggling with mental health coming into the emergency room saying, Hey, I'm suicidal. They would give them this app and they'd have to sign up for it and agree to the study and everything. Um, and so we had a hundred percent success rate, but more importantly, uh, or equally as important, we had a 90% reduction in readmittance to the hospital 
for suicidal ideations. And that was phenomenal. They're still trying to unpack that in the study. Like, how did that even happen? Like, that's incredible that this technology reduced the readmittance by 90%. They, nobody expected that. It was, it, there's, like I said, they're still sifting through it. Like, okay, this is the data, but how did that happen? What was the thing? And I already know what it was, um, but it's hard to quantify. It's the idea of hope. This app gave them hope that when they push that button, that their friends were coming to help. Them. So that's that's you. the secret sauce right there is, is giving people hope. We're having some conversations with some people. Um, and uh, Pop Operation Pop Smoke has always been, unfortunately, has to sit on the shelf here for me only because of all the irons that we have in the fire. Uh, hope is the answer for everyone. Absolutely, Shannon Book. Um I don't know if you're familiar with Shannon Book, but we'll, you'll know him before the end of the show uh, because we'll end the show with an amazing musician. Uh, we'll see him in Minnesota. He's from Texas, Round Rock area. Um, and uh, we'll see him in Minnesota this coming August with a couple of friends. And uh, uh, love having you here, brother. And uh, I, I mean, rattle him a little bit because he, he's got a buddy named uh, uh, Scotty Hastings, and they're wearing hats branding with each other and uh and then he bought a ford and i had to give him a little bit of shot at that and but uh shannon book is a beast and uh corman and uh he's worked with a couple of dr tanya glenn down in texas as well who uh just got an amazing campaign for uh, i can't talk like that (laughs) stop it We can't talk like that here, buddy. Um, <laughs> after eight o'clock, we can talk like that, and and I can't talk like that, unfortunately. But uh, I appreciate that. Um, he's a beast, and it's <laughs> good having him here. And uh, um, I'm glad he's hearing this message too, because I do think there's. I think if we figure out a way, and maybe I don't want to step on your toes and steal your baby here, but uh, if we can get your product out there to more people, uh, I think it's life saving. Uh, and you're proving it you're proving it and uh on top of that i i'd like to there's no way to interact this other than building the the nation building the network but having relationships after that button's pushed um knowing that there are people there knowing that they've got your back knowing that there is a place you can go after the fact and you can talk to people and everyone in that network is open to having those conversations that's yeah so it's so for people who are like, oh, this sounds great, but how does it work, right? Let me break that down a little bit because, Mark, you and I know how it works, right? Because we've been having these conversations right. and, and stuff. But for other people, they're like, ah, oh, I mean, how does this work? So there's really four core elements there. Number one, uh, we help you create a squad of people that you know and trust that can help you when you're struggling with mental health. So it's only four people. So on the base level, it's a chat app. You can just chat privately. It's on totally HIPAA secure servers. I don't keep any of your chat data. It's only stored on your phone. So even if I was to get, um, you know, a summons from the court saying, hey, we want to look at this data, there's no data for them to look at because it's all stored on your phone, not on my, not on, not on my servers. So it's a private chat app between you and three friends and that's it. And there's no way to actually search for anybody on the platform. So nobody knows who has it unless you are actually in that squad. Yeah. Fire team up. Right. I call it squad. Cause most people don't know what a fire team is. 
So it's a, we call it the squad mentality because that's kind of universal. And since I'm building it out for veterans, police, fire departments, uh, school systems, like we call it the squad because everybody kind of knows that. So you have these three friends on this app and you download the app and then you send them a message inside the app to their either email or their phone number through an SMS and they get a link. They download the link and then they join the, they get put into the same squad that you're in. That's the only way to get into this app. You cannot uh, search for anybody on there. No, there's, there's no way to do that. And so it's you and this group of friends and you're just chatting back and forth like you normally would. Uh, every day you do what's called a mental health wellness check. So it's four questions that you answer and then it disappears. And at the end of the week, you will get uh, an email that shows you your weekly, monthly and year to date mental health scores. And now that's important. And I'll share with you why in a minute. But you're just chatting back and forth. Now, if somebody is struggling with mental health, they don't have to think about what do you call, uh, who do you call, what do you say. Um, you can simply press one single button on your app. It's got two main buttons, a white and a red. White means I'm struggling. Red means I'm suicidal or homicidal. Um, and so you press that button, you hold it for three seconds, and it sends an alert out to your friends that are in the app. Your private squad sends an alert to them. Now, this is really cool because when that happens, two really important things happen. Number one, when you initiate that signal, if I'm the one who initiates the signal, immediately it's it pops up a cognitive reconditioning program. Now, that's a fancy way to say grounding technique. And if you don't know what a grounding technique is, just Google it. They're fantastic. Uh, during a mental health crisis, we talked about your frontal cortex shutting down, right? And you don't have the same faculties and decision-making skills available to you. So what we do is we have these this uh, grounding technique inside the app that asks you a series of questions that are specifically designed to bring your cognitive thought process back online so you can have rational thought as you're waiting for your squad to answer up on the chat feature. Now, that's for the individual who presses the button. Now, for the squad that receives it, they receive an alert on their phone similar to an Amber Alert. They select the Amber Alert and it instantly takes them into the chat. And now they're chatting with the individual who's in distress. Now, it's really cool because if that individual who pushed the button, if they go dark or they're saying some things that, that are concerning, um, you, you need to find out where they are. And before, people would always be like, oh, do you know where, where they live? Anybody know their mom or their wife or where do they work? They're scrambling to find this individual. We don't have to do that anymore because when they push that button, it turned on their GPS locator. And now their group of friends that are in the app they can select that option and navigate directly to that individual's location. Or they can help navigate emergency services to that individual. Because if there has been an attempt, those moments really, really matter. So we got to get them help right now. So that's kind of the three real cool components that we have um, when, it, when it comes to the app. Now, when we talk about the mental health data, uh, that's the really, really neat piece that we have. So you get that that email that shows you your weekly, monthly, and year-to-date mental health scores. And you can start to gauge that and see where your ups and downs are and start targeting those things. But what's really cool is let's see you let's say you're being seen by a mental health professional, right? At the VA or uh, somewhere else, you're seeing a counselor, which is great. I, I suggest everybody do that. It's it's fantastic um, to start to learn about why you're having these thoughts, feelings, and emotions. But now you're being seen by mental health specialist. Well, there's a clinician dashboard, so they can sign up as well to our app, and now they can have access to your data, to not your chat data, right? That's all private, just to your aggregate data. 
just those wellness checks that you do every day. And so they, it scores you. And so if I'm now, let's say I'm the mental health professional, I open up my computer and I've got 10 patients using the, the technology, I can see them on my dashboard and it shows me um, with a color code where they are at with their mental health. And it mirrors our national threat, right? So, you know, red is bad, orange, yellow, right? And it shows those mental health. So in a, in a snapshot, I can look and say, hey, man, this guy's really struggling. He's in orange. I need to reach out to him today before he gets into crisis. We no longer have to be uh, reactive to a mental health crisis. We can be proactive. Never before have we been able to do this. And now we can so you have a three-pronged approach, right? You, it's you interacting with technology. It's you interacting with your friend group and you interacting with your therapist. All three of those work together in combination to help you have better mental resiliency. And it's it's incredible um, to just see how many people took this idea and were like, this is great. We want it. I mean, I was, like I said, I, I never designed this to build a big company or do any of this stuff, but um, people love it. Here we are. It's amazing. Uh, it's a wonderful tool. Um, I, I've expressed that to you from the beginning. I running into you guys that, uh, if I could, if I could pay for this today, I would grab it and, and, and use it. And that's a sucky part in everything that we do. And I appreciate you. And I, I want to say, I mean, you're happy, seem like cognitive, powerful man. And you've thrown out, I'm just a janitor a couple of times. Bless you, brother bless you. You know what? You, you're that kind of guy that has taken something that, and I do know that the, the, I'm a school teacher and Andrew's a school teacher as well. And I know that there's, there's a part of the world that demean custodial services. And I, that makes yeah. no sense to me whatsoever. I wish culturally we would put it all on the kids and the kids have to do it on the day to day and let them do it. But our culture doesn't do that because Heavens and Betsy, we make anyone do anything that might be a little offsetting for a second. You're a blessing. And just your nature, your demeanor, your drive, you saw a problem, you fixed it, and and you got <laughs> you, you put your skin in the game by your house and your livelihood and your, your retirement. And I just I can't tell you how many people I've ran into in the last three weeks who, and I, I'm not calling you out, I'm not tearing you down, but don't have two dimes to rub together, but they want to help the most. And they want to make sure people have got their stuff and their tools and all the things in place. Um, and I appreciate all of you. And this is my shout out to every one of you right now. Keep up the good work. It will come around. We're going to figure this out, Aaron. Um, so I, I've already started working on, on that, Mark. And so for the people who, like you said, they don't have two dimes to rub together, but they want to help, go help. I didn't have anything when I started. I, I was homeless. I, I was homeless. And I thought, what could I do? I can clean. I can do that pretty good. Um, so let me help people with their cleaning needs. And that's been the culture in my company is we're not janitor. We're not janitors. We're problem solvers, right? People have a problem. Their building's dirty. It needs to be cleaned. I, I don't have any salespeople on my team, not one, because my account managers, we grow our business through referral because all we want to do is help people solve problems. And we, we share that with our janitorial staff. I have a really big client here in the Pacific Northwest. It's the museum of flight. And during COVID they were shut down. So they didn't have a lot of revenue. 
but they still needed the building clean because they still had staff in there. They still had things that needed to be done. So we worked really hard to find solutions for them. So that way they could, we could still continue to work for them, but they weren't, you know, bleeding money paying us. And so we had all kinds of creative solutions to do, uh, to create, you know, we're going to clean these different spaces at different times uh, and really worked hard with them. Well, COVID was over and we watched them bring in all of their vendors and kind of, they sent everybody out to bid. Right. And so we watched all this happen and we're like, okay, well we're next. And we never got on the chopping block, man. And I was like, that's weird. What, what do you think happened? I'm talking to my, uh, my manager, Carrie. He's like, I don't know. I said, well, let's figure it out. I said, because normally, I mean, we're a big contractor. I mean, we figured they said that's not the bid as well. And we got an internal, Carrie asked the question. We got an internal memo uh, that was shared with us. And it said, hey, we've sent everybody out to a bid. But regarding RCC, which is my janitorial company, Reliable Commercial Cleaning, we don't want to send them out to bid. Because during the last 18 months of the pandemic, they've operated more like one of our own departments helping us find solutions and cut costs than a vendor looking out for their own best interest. I was like, wow. holy smokes. So the culture we created trickled all the way through my company. And and that's what kept us in that contract without getting put out to bid like everybody else. Just trying to help feeling, I have a feeling there was another thing that took a play in this. And I'm going to say it's your character, your character, who you <laughs> are. You. That's people don't get rid of good people. And that's, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I it, it comes from you and I, I can feel your energy and uh, I just appreciate everything here and, and uh, what you do. And I'm serious. Uh, we are going to push as hard as we can to get this into the, as many hands as we can get it into and make it essential. I, I, I wish I could write a check today and say, hey, the People's Patriot Project or the Patriot Nation here, come get your product. Come get it. And because we've had, I, I mean, we have firefighters, we have police officers. We'll get to the buddy check here, but I did a buddy check on a firefighter from the East Coast about four weeks ago. And because uh, he's a little weird post and I'm like, you good, brother? He goes, oh, I'm, I'm good, man. I should probably reword that. And I'm like, you know, I just want to check on you. You know, not a big deal. Well, three weeks later, he tells me he he made an attempt. And he goes, I'm stronger now than I've ever been. And I'm like, thank God you are. There's an oops that happens with all this on occasion. And I and it, it's heartbreaking for me. But sometimes the oops takes things out. And the oops, we, first of all, we need to take the oopses out of the calculation. And B, we need to have the tools to accommodate our brothers and sisters, especially if you have relationships. This is your time for your buddy check at this time, because it doesn't matter how strong or weak you think they are. If you think they were the top, you know, E8 in your group and you don't think that they were swayed or slided in a bit, you call them up and say, hey, brother, I've been thinking about you. Um Brothers and sisters, and again, it, this is essential that it's done. This is what makes the, the People's Patriot Project successful. I know that other groups do this as well, so I don't steal that vernacular. Uh, but it is, in, it is time to do your buddy checks. Make sure you're reaching out. Commit. Three names. Three names. Everyone, we've been averaging roughly 17,000 viewers on our our live stream, three names per person. You know what? That puts us <laughs> in a good spot of taking care of people. And like, like I was saying, I, I I got off track with the whole janitorial story, but 
we're working with organizations right now to provide this to their members. And so if you're out there and you're part of like one of the big three, right? The VFW, AMVETS, American Legion, you know, there's a way for you to provide this to your members to help better serve them. We're also working right now. I just so happened to be on a plane and I was sitting next to the, um, I guess he was the, the director of the Wounded Warrior Project, their alumni for the West Coast. Okay. And I just happen to be sitting next to this guy, right? God arranges these things. And uh, now I'm in, in talks with them about the Wounded Warrior Project being able to uh, provide this to their members. You guys are both school teachers, so you're going to love this. There's a school district that's up in uh, northern Washington. And they are, we're right now, Friday, I was working with them to roll this out for the youth model in their school. So they're going to be supplying this technology to their student body. They have a grant for a mental health, it's a mental health grant that they got and they're looking for solutions. And so they found what I was doing and said, Hey, can you build a, a youth model? And I was like, absolutely, let's do it. And so we're, we're working on that right now. So I'm looking for organizations that are already working in this space that we can partner with in the, in, in Anglico, I was a force multiplier. So you could take any Anglico Marine, put us with any unit in the military and we make them better, faster, and stronger because we bring our air capabilities to the battle space. Now, this app does the very same thing. It brings the power of this technology to whoever is supplying it to their veteran or whoever they're serving in that demographic. It gives them a tool that makes them better, faster, and stronger to be able to serve those people um, in a new way with this, with this technology. So if there's organizations out there that are working in this space, hit me up. It's info at qactual.com uh, uh, and, and hit me up and, and we can talk about how do we put this together for your demographic because it can be white labeled. When I built it, that's part of the reason it was so expensive is it, it can be white labeled now. So anybody can slap their logos on it, change the vernacular and the look and feel and it still operates the exact same way. So right now we have a police version. We're working on a fire version. We have veterans, healthcare workers, and then our civilian app. And now we're building a youth model. So as more people come to us and say, hey, can you build one of these for us? Absolutely. Let's do it, right? Let's have a conversation. Give me your logos. Give me your vernacular and let's put it in the app. And then you can start utilizing it too. Um, Aaron, what was the that address one more time? I actually have the pop smoke one up. But, um, yeah, yeah. So that they can get me there too. But uh, info at qactual.com. So the pop smoke, most people didn't understand that vernacular outside of the veteran space, right? So, like I said, when I first built this thing, it was just for guys in my group. And then it became the veteran community. And now it's everybody. So we rebranded it. Q Actual is the parent company. And then Operation Pop Smoke is the veteran version. Uh, Code Response is the police version. Uh, we care empowered is the nurses version. So they're all these different versions of the same app doing the same thing, but it's specifically designed for that demographic. So what's next? What, what do you, I mean, so you kind yeah, of so already shared so this, that. What's next? Yeah, this is really cool, Mark. I'm glad you asked that question because I would have missed it. So next week, I'm glad we could talk right now because next week I'm driving down to Stanford. So I got accepted to the Stanford business school. It's an eight-week uh, entrepreneur program. It's called the SLAY program. It's the uh, Stanford Latino uh, Entrepreneur Initiative. So they help guys like me be able to scale our businesses out. And so that's what we're going to be doing. I'm starting next week uh, working with Stanford 
Uh, they're putting me through this business school to help me scale this out. Now, so I'm in the process of doing that. And one of the uh, one of the alumni contacts me and says, hey, I love what you're doing. Um, this organization out of Florida, uh, they're looking for Hispanic entrepreneurs. And so go ahead and fill this out and throw your hat in the ring. And I was like, okay. So I went ahead and did it. This is my company. This is what we do. Put it out there. And they said, all right, now share this link and uh, your friends and family can nominate you to, to, to be in this thing. I was like, great. So I did it and I got contacted. I had no idea what this thing was. I, I really didn't have a, because uh, a whole lot of time I was focused on Stanford, but I got named one of the top 100 uh, uh, Hispanic founders to watch in 2022 by NBC News. So NBC News did this big thing on Vincento, which is the, the organization. And so I, I got named one of the top 100 founders to watch. And then I got another email. I got asked to go to, to Florida to do a pitch competition, like Shark Tank style, uh, for the Hispanic Heritage Foundation. They're the ones that are underwriting it and funding it. So I'm looking for venture capitalists right now. And Stanford's going to help me do that. Bunker Labs is helping me do that. And now this other organization is helping me do that because the technology works. Uh, people want it. People need it. But I don't have money to pay staff to roll it out. Right. Like that's what I need right now. I have more more interest in the app and I don't have the capacity to, to manage all of these uh, accounts. I need to bring on people. So I've got a team on standby. I just had a meeting with them today talking about next steps and where we're going. I'm trying to raise about $2 million in capital. Uh, so if there's any capital investors out there, they're like, yes, I, I'm passionate about suicide prevention and uh, I want to help. We have a whole pitch deck available. It takes me about 20 minutes to go through the whole thing, share with you the technology, uh, what your ROI is going to look like. Uh, we're working with insurance companies right now to make this a billable expense that a hospital can utilize. Because like I said, it reduced the readmittance by 90%, right? So the healthcare system loses $69 billion a year to suicide-related incidents. And so we can help mitigate that. So we're looking at another, that's another avenue to help pay for it is through insurance. So there's all these different pieces. I've got the team built, ready to go. I just, I'm trying to raise $2 million in funding so these guys can quit their jobs. Some of them have really high paying jobs in the tech sector. Some of them are working like as executive level in really high tech companies. Others are working at really high positions within the state government. So, I mean, I have a great team. I just got to be able to write these guys a paycheck so we can roll this thing out. So if that's you and you're interested, man, uh, I, I'd love to be able to chat with you guys if, if you want to be part of this. Um you know, this funding that I'm doing, it's called a seed funding round. And we can go more into that. If you contact me info at qactual.com. You, you just, it's the whole ball of energy is there, man. I, mm -hmm. I, I appreciate it. And it's, it inspires me to continue to move forward. I, I just rattled a text message off to one of our, our business partners and just straight up said, we need this guy. And, uh, and so I don't know where that gets us, but we'll we'll keep trudging this thing through. Here's the message to uh, WP3 Nation, and here's our truths. Um, this last week I had to take some phone calls, uh, and I never liked doing it, but I had to say no. I, I had to say no because we haven't done a very good job collectively in being ready so we don't have to get ready. We 
we are going to, Andrea tomorrow is going to launch another crowdfunding campaign tomorrow. And uh, we've got to put something in the coffers or we're going to have to continue to say no to some of those people that are struggling the most right now. Uh, I can talk to them all day long. Uh, we can work with them verbally all day long, uh, but we can't get them into the programs. We can't give them the resources and we can't get them to where they need to be um, because we are, have a lack of funding right now. Um, I'm not doing that to piggyback on you, Aaron. It's just where we're at. It is a tough place to be to sit and listen to a grown man cry. It's a tough place to be to listen to anyone cry um, and realize that they have zero hope, uh, zero hope for the next day. Um, and I told them, I said, I have to be honest and upfront because I don't want to give you a false hope. We've committed in the organization that we will never overpromise and underdeliver, and we will work as hard as we can. I'm putting an ask out there right now is what's happening. I need you to reach out to your brothers and sisters, and I need you to reach out to those that support veterans and first responders, and I need you to pay attention to what happens tomorrow. Um, we are, I, we're not in dyers. We, we still have, we got your six and six and people come and a lot of people uh, reaching out and having conversations on here and being part of this. And we greatly appreciate that. As we also say, to remember is not enough. Uh, it's okay to sit there and talk about it all day long. But if you're not going to put uh, your skin in the game, um, if you're not going to put your words into action, then then leave the network. I'm okay with that. Um, if you're not going to be part of the solution, leave. Um, that's where I'm at. And uh, we love all of you. Um we can't do what we do without you. And we openly say that and have said that. And we give all the credit. We don't even take the credit. We give all the credit to the people that come. And we've had some amazing people step forward to take care of stuff. Now, we have three asks that are out there right now. We have an ask of a, a terminal cancer um, individual that would like to spend his last days with his family. Uh, that's going to require a move. So we have to transition him from one state to another. We have a veteran that is in need of a hot water heater and a furnace. Um, and then we have a young lady down south that has gone through some rough stuff this recently and needs to just have a recalibration retreat and uh, maybe pick some slack up for her and her world. And so those are, and I'm going to tell you, one of those is not a person that came to us and said, I need help. Two of them are, one is one that we recognize. So, um, we are the beacon of hope and we are the beacon of opportunity. If you are looking for a place to serve, we can facilitate that peace with you. Uh, we have an immense amount of opportunities, whether it be in social media, whether it is combing through messaging, whether it is combing through uh, the, the social media networks to see people that are doing what we call stinking thinking. Um, it's kind of caveat there because this, this app would be a tremendous help in, in recognizing and doing those pieces to it. Um, and we'll, we'll get there. We'll move there. We'll get there. And we're excited about it. If you never had the chance to serve and wanted to serve, we facilitate that opportunity for you. And we are the beacon of hope. We are, it's not pop smoke cool, but it is, uh, <laughs> it is our it's our graphene dome concept and again at some point offline Aaron I'd like to talk to you about graphene dome and just uh, that network where we will we're going to blow it up people 
we we got this and we get to do it because of you um i think the perfect song to end on is um he's been rattling our cage all night long mr book if i can get it and if you can hang out for just a minute aaron we'll get through this and so yeah and i've got one I've got one final thing for your guys. So if you don't want to do that before the song or after it, if it's no, I, I got one, one final, one final message for, for everybody out there. Your thoughts. Yeah. Your thoughts, brother. Perfect. So, so everybody wants to like increase their mental health and mental wellness and you want to help people. And I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to tell you how to do that. It's very, very easy or it's very simple. It's not easy. It's very simple. Okay. Go help somebody. It's that simple. And there's so much research out there that talks about how altruism and volunteerism increases your mental resiliency. The, the first study in this, in this area was called the Mother Teresa effect, where they studied uh, people who are just watching Mother Teresa do good works. And they tested their saliva and they could see their, their different brain chemicals, the cor- the, uh, their cortisol, which is a stress hormone, adrenaline. They could also see their dopamine, their oxytocin, their um, serotonin. They could see all these levels, right? And they saw that when they watched this, they saw an increase in all of those good chemicals and a decrease in the bad ones. And that lasted for 90 minutes past watching that video. And so that spurred on a whole bunch of other uh, studies. And a really, really cool one they did is where they had uh, half of the people receiving help and the other half giving help. And they did the same thing. And what they realized is the people who received the help, they didn't really have any bump in their mental health at all. It was very nominal. You could barely even notice it. But the people who were actively helping those individuals, they had off the chart mental health scores, right? They boosted all of those chemicals and they felt better. And I know this to be true because I I started studying it because in my organization, when people go with me on mission and we build a home for a homeless family, they always say, I feel like I got more out of this than I gave. I'm like, how do I quantify that? And so I started researching it. And I was like, this is it. This is why right here. Like they study the brain. This is why. This is actually quantifiable. We all feel this, but now I can quantify it and I can show it. And there's research studies out there that prove it. So if you're down and you're feeling depressed or anxious or whatever that is that's bugging you, Go find somebody that you can help. That might just be encouraging somebody in your friend group. Just call them up and say, hey, man, I'm really proud of you. You've been doing really good uh, at that job or whatever that is. Give somebody some encouragement. Go help a neighbor. You're going to be amazed on how it builds your mental resiliency. So that's my last parting message for you guys. Uh, Go help somebody today and be a force multiplier for good. 100% agree with you. We say we say to serve is therapeutic, and that's basically our ground. Yep. Andrew, anything in closing? I don't know. Do you want to hear what we got going on real quick? Real quick. Yes. Yes, okay. real quick. Just I don't want to keep anybody. It's It's been a great one already. So um, just a reminder, it is still month of the military caregiver. Boom. Take care of your military caregivers. Um, it's National Military Appreciation Month. Hey, those of us that are not military, maybe we should go out and we should just say thank you and mean thank you. Just shake a hand. Don't say thank you. Just shake a hand. Um, Do something nice. Help somebody. Um, May 15th. That's today. I think I mentioned this last week, but it's Peace Officers Memorial Day. Um, And that's the remembrance of law enforcement officers who have died or been disabled in the line of duty. In a similar spirit, today is dedicated to military members who have died in the line of duty. Uh, That was, 
a 2020 presidential proclamation. Um, May 21st is Armed Forces Day. Thank you to President Harry S. Truman, a day to pay special tribute to men and women of the armed forces. Um, this is Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force, Space Force, and Coast Guard, including National Guard and Reserve components. And the 22nd, I throw this one in, it's National Maritime Day. This was created by Congress in 1933. It honors and celebrates the Merchant Marine and commemorates the first steam-powered transoceanic voyage. What is the Merchant Marine? It's the understudy. Think of it like understudy to the Navy. Um, they don't get first billing, but they step down or they step in behind the scenes to make certain that the show goes on. That covers U.S. imports and exports, making sure they get where they need to go. So thank you, uh, Merchant Marines and all of those who are there and support behind the scenes. That's what I got for this week's. Thank you, Andrea. Yes. I, yes. That usually comes at the beginning of the show, and I completely apologize. We got into the content, and I no, because there's that. so much good that came in before we needed to 100%. know. hundred percent. Yes. Um, yes. I did get a message from Phil Cook. Uh, uh, Veterans of Fort Knox will be doing our first annual walk to remember on May 21st at Fort Knox. We are expecting over over 85 veterans from all over the gathering to walk Agni Hill and Remembrance all the fallen who have served this great nation. Meet up at 7 a.m. at the Koppel Center on post and step off is at 8 a.m. We're honored to be able to do this as a Memorial Day while carrying a fallen soldier's name on a bib for each person taking part. This promises to be a memorable uh, day for everybody. Um, I will put Phil's information in the in the comments uh if you're around fort knox and can be part of that again memorial day coming up here soon uh get involved be involved um remember we can use your treasures your talents and uh oh i don't even want to know um, no, it's, it's a... <laughs> and thank, <laughs> thank you so much uh aaron for being on here and sharing your vision and your passions um we will um connect outside of this and now those are awesome yeah i'm just trying to do something nice here buddy and uh we got <laughs> we got shannon book he's got two amazing songs i need to breathe go check it out uh mother's an amazing song as well but this is not alone on his bed with his gun in his hand he thinks his life is over he can't understand a bottle of whiskey and some pills in the drawer he doesn't want to hurt himself or hurt anymore why must it be this way just think it all over and listen to the Each day 
floor. She finds a crumpled letter just behind the door. Begins to read it with tears in her eyes. A horrible feeling takes over inside. Says, honey, can I talk to you? There has to be something, something that we Fuck off.